0: There are three sources of leads that you absolutely need to pounce on immediately. And in this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, we're going to go there. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 50,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners To sell more. So get your playbooks ready because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook podcast is brought to you by our prospecting download. Going to be talking about it at the end of the podcast, but if you'd like to have a look at it now, please visit yoursellsplaybook.com slash hunt better. Okay, so there are three sources of leads that are incredibly timely. You need to pounce on them immediately, like right this second. You finish the podcast, you need to get on it. Seriously, I'm not trying to be dramatic here for the sake of just being dramatic. I'm telling you this because it's something that you need to get on immediately. So there are three sources. We're going to get right down to business. Now, we have to have one rule about these sources, You cannot dismiss them because of their simplicity. I'm not kidding you. I think one of the biggest mistakes we make in sales, and really in life, is that we dismiss ideas sometimes because, you know, they're not sexy enough. They're not sophisticated enough. So don't you dare dismiss these. I'm telling you, they can make... A profound difference in your prospecting efforts so the very first source of leads for you like immediately have to pounce on would be to go back and contact everyone who told you no last year now you might be inclined to say duh like who doesn't know that why why is this guy even think this is good advice well first of all you know one of the things we talk about a lot on this podcast is kind of the sales 101 reality check. And you need to start doing that. You could start right now. The sales 101 reality check is when you have that moment when you say, yeah, that's sales 101, or I know that, or that's basic, or that's a, yeah, that's a reminder or whatever. That's awesome. Is it basic and it's sales 101? You're already doing it? Or, you know, maybe shut up and actually do it, right? Because I don't know about you guys, but I know lots of shit doesn't mean I'm doing it. I have lots of stuff that when I come across it, I'm like, I, I do it too. Duh, yeah, I mean, come on, that's your advice? And then I did a little one-on-one reality check and I'm like, yeah, and I don't do it. So I probably should shut my mouth, tell my ego to leave the room and get going on it. But seriously, go back to everyone who told you no last year because you have to understand something. Business moves at the speed of light and it's it's there's a high probability That something has changed since the last time you had a conversation with those people who told you no. And kind of, you know, in the spirit of prioritizing the people who told you no, I mean, I would go to the people where you had demos and discovery calls and things like that first and then you know maybe as a second tier of the attack so to speak i would then maybe go to people who you had a conversation with them it seemed productive it wasn't necessarily an appointment a demo discovery call needs analysis type of thing but it just kind of fizzled out and then go back to them next but when you go back to them here's the thing that i want you to realize you remember what we said before business moves at the speed of light chances are superb that something has changed there with that business now if they went with your competitor in the meantime there might be enough time for them to realize they made the wrong move right or it's not you know necessarily doing what they say it would do or the the sales rep is just a Pain in the ass to deal with, or they're dealing with stupid policies, surprise costs, or whatever it is. Or maybe none of that happened, and just you know, maybe they were just kind of on the fence, and they're like, you know what, we're going to stick with what we have, and you know, thanks anyway, but no thanks, right? Um, you know, again, things have changed. So what I would propose that you do, just a simple thing to do, is say to them, hey, look. You know, and to, you know, reach out to them and just start that call or email any way you'd like. But one of the things that I recommend all my coaching clients is that in that conversation somewhere, just suggest that it's time for a checkup and use the analogy of going for your a- annual physical. You know what? It's been a while since we really did a thorough examination of what you're doing and the challenges and opportunities that you might have. And even if things are okay, it's kind of like going to the doctor every year, right? You have that physical. Sometimes the doctor says, all right, man, everything's good. See you next year. Other times the doctor says, hey, there, there's some areas here that maybe we should you know, take a closer look at. And that's all we're proposing here. So that's the very first area. The fir- it, It's... Everyone who told you no last year, the second area is, and we've talked about this on the podcast too, would be any of your contacts that now have started a new job, especially the ones who've started a new position this year. (coughs) And we have lots of that that happens. In fact, that's one of the things you wanna make a note in your calendar about for, for next year. You're gonna notice that once the year ends, you'll typically see a lot of people in your LinkedIn network have started new jobs. And the way that you know that they have is because on your notifications, you'll see things like congratulate Paul Castain on his new job, right? That's how you know that someone has made a change. And But a lot of people, they just wanna write out the old year and you know, then they put their notice in and then they're starting in the new year. So that's something you're gonna see. But here's the beautiful thing about this lead source this is one that's not just something that you do in january right it's something that you're going to see more of in january again people riding out the end of the year they want to just take advantage of you know any bonuses or year-end things they have riding out you know um, um, their sick time and vacation time all that kind of good stuff but there's one thing about this lead source that makes it something that It makes it rather evergreen, at least for now, is that they're talking a lot. The phrase that they're using is the great resignation. You have a lot of people now who are leaving their jobs and going into other things. And in fact, there are actually right now, at least appears to be, and I'm not basing this on any data. I just want to be very clear about this, but just... The, the the general feeling seems to be right now here in the U.S. that there's actually more jobs available than there are interested parties in them. People have become a lot pickier and everything else. So, you know, you have a lot of opportunity that's out there. And you have a lot of salespeople that say, wow, this is a great time now for me to get a better deal. On my compensation and and you know incentives and things like that and bonuses, so right now you'll notice a lot of that, and I want you to pay attention to that in your LinkedIn network. And if you haven't been on LinkedIn in in a while, I think that would be a great place for you to come back. And you know, a lot of the time, you know, you guys you'll leave LinkedIn because you don't know what to do there. So, I I. My advice to you would be that would be a great place to get reacquainted with LinkedIn. And even if you're active on LinkedIn right now, this should be part of your daily activity. And what, and just as a side note, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but I want to say it anyway. LinkedIn can be a vortex. You could really get sucked into it. You could spend inordinate amounts of time there and everything. And what I recommend that you do is set a timer. And for whatever amount of time that you want to be on there, my advice would be you know, 20, 25 minutes. And you know, have some very specific tasks that you do. Get in, get out, and sure, you could absolutely go back and do another 25, 20, 25 minutes later in the day or whatever. But this right here, this idea that I have should be one of the things that you do. Because here's the thing, folks. When people start new positions, that could be a new opportunity for you. I mean, beforehand, they, you know, might not have been able to go with your solution because of budgets. Now, this new company, they might have, you know, more of a budget that they can work with, right? A lot of the time too, when people get in new roles, they're granted a lot more things up front, right? It's kind of we refer to it as like the honeymoon period where they're given a lot of things because they kind of have to bring things up to speed so it's almost budgeted in in a way that they have some of these extra resources to work with plus I think and, and again this is just my experience in business and in life that when people start a new position, they have a lot of piss in vinegar, right? They want to conquer the world. They want to, you know, get out there and make their mark very, very quickly. And if you come along and you show them how they can look like a rock star, you know, with this new organization, man, they're going to be all ears. So that's the second source of leads. The third source of of leads, and again, you're going to want to say, duh, but, you know, it doesn't mean you're doing it, would be your clients, and but there's a very specific thing with your clients that you need to do. And it's very similar to the very first lead source that I gave you. You remember before I said everyone that told you no? It's very similar because you know we suggested this idea of kind of a checkup. I think it should be the same with your clients because there's a really huge mistake that people make with their clients. And here's what it is. When you're in the quote unquote courtship and you're trying to bring them on board as a client, usually, I hope, just about like, like, not even just about, I hope all the time, you're doing a thorough needs analysis, right? And whether you call it needs analysis or discovery call or whatever, that's when we tend to be very thorough. But what happens when we marry them that needs analysis goes out the door, because what happens a lot of the time is our, our questions now become more project-specific, right, or product-specific, like they have this particular need. Hey, I have a deadline, and here are the specifications. I need this, this, and this. Got to be, you know, red. It has to weigh this. It has to be these dimensions or whatever, and the questions become centered around that instead of things that are going to focus more on the overall health of their business, the overall um, you know, health of their department and so on. So what I would recommend that you do is when, when you finish this podcast, reach out to all of your clients and suggest again, in that same spirit, a checkup. And there are two different flavors that i'm going to give you of this checkup one would be absolutely a thorough that would be my preference that you do a thorough needs analysis the same way that you would or at least i hope you would when you're going in to try to land new business with a new client you have to look at it through the lens of a new account And start digging deeper and start looking at things, because remember, for a lot of sales reps, the last time they had that thorough understanding was when they were courting the client. So if you brought in that client three years ago, your information in many ways might be three years too late, might be outdated by three years. And um, it also could put you in a really bad position. It could make you very vulnerable to your competitors because i'd like to believe that we live in a world that everybody loves us and will never entertain an appointment with one of our competitors but that's might as well say amen after that because that's a freaking prayer so what happens now if now the competitor comes in they do a thorough needs analysis and the last time you did that thorough needs analysis was, you know, a year, two years ago. Hell, even six months ago. And now they have the most thorough understanding of your clients' needs? Nah, man. That that just doesn't that just doesn't fly. So it's very important that you do that so you're not vulnerable to your competitors. But you know, thinking positively, this can be a source for not necessarily leads. There's a part of this discussion that will um, go toward generating leads and referrals and things like that with your client. But right now, at the very least, it could generate revenue. And that's very, very important too, right? I mean, we're not going to turn it away because it's not new business. So, but, so that's flavor number one. Ideally, you're going to do an, a, a nice, complete, thorough needs analysis. Flavor number two is something that you could actually do informally. You could do it formally. You could. When I say informally, it could be on a phone call, just kind of like, oh, by the way, and you could ask one of these three questions I'm about to give you, <coughs> or you could just tag this into the thorough needs analysis that you're going to do. And it's something, again, we've talked about quite a bit here. It's simply called stop, start, continue, a stop question is something along the lines of, you know, asking them, is there anything that you 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 know, you and your company are doing that they'd like you to stop doing? And when you ask that question, you have to do the hardest thing in the world for a sales rep, and that's to ask your ego to leave the room. Seriously, you have to, and you have to take your medicine. You're going to hear shit you don't want to hear. It may offend you or whatever, but to me... You know, it's better to find out before it's just a, an absolute knockout punch. It's better to find out when you can actually do something about it than when you kind of do an exit interview type of thing, right? And you do the post-mortem and all that kind of shitty stuff when you lose an account. So, to me, you know, we got to be able to handle the truth. And it's sometimes it's, 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 not, it's not easy. So, you want to find out. And you absolutely, when you're asking a stop question... You can't get defensive. You can't push back because what a lot of people don't realize is that when you do that, you're actually conditioning them never to be honest with you again. Why? Because it's too painful when they're honest with you. They, they see now that, well, I'm going to get in a fight with Paul every time I answer the question honestly. So I'm just going, oh, yeah, everything's good. I mean, well, everything isn't good. So that's the first thing. The start question. I believe, is a revenue-generating question. The star question is you simply asking them if there's anything that perhaps you're not doing or not providing or the company isn't doing or providing that you, they'd like to see you start doing. Now, what's interesting about this question, and in many cases, it could be a great cross-selling question, is that I've, I've asked this now. For I've had my business now. This is going to be the 11th year Casting Training Systems. I've been asking it now for about 10 years now. And what's really cool about this question is there's many times when I've asked a company where I've done a lot of their regional sales meetings. They have me come in as the speaker and do breakout groups, some of them three, four, five, and six times a year that I'll be going in and working with their team. And I'll ask that question, and, they, and it's interesting because I've had some of them say to me, you know what, it's really too bad you didn't offer one-on-one coaching services. If you could start offering that, we'd be very interested. Now, meanwhile, I offer those services. So that just gives me a wonderful segue to say, I absolutely do offer those services, let's talk, right? So it could be a wonderful cross-selling question for you the third question right so far we have stop we have start questions we have continue questions and all this is is just simply asking them is there anything that we're doing that you find valuable that you'd simply like us to make a note to self to continue doing and this is where if they're very happy with you (coughs) you're gonna hear some great shit and what's nice about this question is that it can actually give you ideas on what your clients find valuable. And now you can kind of tweak your value proposition when you go to meet with potential clients. In fact, um, I often reference this one. You know, I asked this question many, many years ago, and someone opened my eyes to something that's made me a lot of money by the way, and I'm, I'm dead serious. They had said to me, you know, Paul, um, as far as continuing, right, to do things, we love that when you come in and you do training for us, right, and you physically come here, that it's not just an event, right, where you come in for a few hours and that's it. You have all these reinforcement things that you do between the emails that you send out, Sometimes there'll be a follow-up webinar that we do. Sometimes there's some on-demand stuff. There's homework assignments. Many times I'll meet one-on-one with different team members. I meet with the leadership team and talk about ways they can reinforce the content um, through their sales meetings and through their one-on-ones. So it's not just an event. So once they told me that, I was like, wow, I, I could weave this into... My value proposition, I could weave this into my demos and talk about what happens after the training. To me, that's the most critical time because so much now can be lost and not retained if it's simply an event. So I was able to learn some valuable information. I think you would. But now when somebody answers in the affirmative, as far as you know, things that you should continue doing, this can be a wonderful segue for you to either ask for, um, a referral, right? I mean, pretty good time to ask if they're happy, right? You could absolutely ask them for a testimonial. What I do a lot of the time when, um, I'm having a meeting with someone, they answer that question and they say, oh my gosh, we absolutely love the way you did this. And we've been hearing nothing but great things. (coughs) I get all dramatic. I say, wait, wait, stop right there. Please do me a favor right now. Take that smartphone that you've been pretending not to look at during the effing meeting. I don't say that. I want to say that. And could you please just like what you just said there, shoot that to me in in an email. And if you let me use that as a testimonial, I could attract more awesome clients just like you. You know, if that's all right. So that's something else that you can do. And there you have it, folks. Those are three incredibly simple lead sources. Again, you might be inclined to say, duh. You might be inclined to say, yeah. Hey, thanks for, you know, the reminder, a great reminder and all. But, you know, all that means dick if you're not doing it. Seriously, never mind this is a great reminder or, you know, that sales 101 or that's real basic. You know, it's basic blocking. and Who gives a shit if you're not doing it, man? So that's what I want to encourage you to do. So remember, the three lead sources that you have to pounce on, everyone who told you no last year, all of your contacts that are now starting new positions, you want to reach out to them. And certainly, um, your clients, you want to be able to go to them. And that's it, folks. Before you go, I just want to remind you if you found value in this, you should check out my prospecting resource. I've loaded it up with all kinds of prospecting tips and tactics, and I also have templates. And when I say templates, you know, absolutely, I have email ones in there, but I also have. It's either three or four recommended phone scripts, and you know don't be put off by the word script. I I, I teach it more as a guideline, just kind of hey cover these talking points. So we we offer that as well. I also have in there um, some voicemail templates that you can use, subject lines that I suggest that would be very helpful. To you, and so on. So, if you'd like to have a look at it, please visit your sales slash hunt better. Your sales slash hunt better. With that, I'm Paul Castain from your sales playbook.com. I am wishing you an incredible week ahead. Go get them. The Sales Playbook podcast is a Castain training systems production. Visit our blog at your sales slash blog.